Thank you for listening to the Faith Free Lutheran Church Sermon Archive. Today's sermon for the fourth Sunday after Trinity, June 27, 2021, is preached by Pastor Jason Goodham. If you have questions or comments regarding today's message, please call the church office at 612-824-5527 or visit our website at faithlutheran-aflc.org. Good morning again. Special welcome to those of you who are visiting us this morning. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I would at this time invite you to stand as I read the Old Testament lesson appointed for this Sunday. The sermon text is taken from Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 through 33, can be found on page 1279 of your pew Bible if you'd like to follow along, reading in Jesus' name, Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 through 33. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. Let him sit alone in silence when it is laid on him. Let him put his mouth in the dust, there may yet be hope. Let him give his cheek to the one who strikes, and let him be filled with insults. For the Lord will not cast off forever. But though he cause grief, he will have compassion according to the abundance of his steadfast love, for he does not willingly afflict or grieve the children of men. Heavenly Father, these are your words, and your word is truth. We pray that this morning you would sanctify us in the truth, that you would convict us of sin in our lives where that is necessary, and that you would comfort and encourage us with the promises of your gospel. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. We have, as our Old Testament lesson this morning, some of the most comforting and some of my favorite verses in all of Scripture. When this happens, I'm half tempted to simply read the passage and let it stand as the sermon. And as much as some of you may be hoping that today is the day I take up that temptation, it isn't. Because there's an interesting trend taken up by the prophet Jeremiah in these 12 verses. He makes three gospel assertions about the nature of God and of His grace. But for those who are paying attention, what is left for us to do is to examine the deceptions that may have potentially caused Jeremiah to make these assertions. Our understanding of Jeremiah's message can be greatly improved if we carefully consider what hasn't been said. Because in doing that, we will reveal several errors and deceptions that many of us fall into on a regular basis because of our own sinful natures. So returning to Lamentations chapter 3, the first gospel assertion Jeremiah makes is this. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. For those of you that have the little Sunday school tune for the first two verses that I just read in your head, I'm proud of you. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, you're missing out. Either way, we ask ourselves the question, 
why would Jeremiah need to state the obvious here? Why would he right now need to proclaim that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases? We all know that, right? It's rock-solid preaching throughout all of Scripture. The reason I believe Jeremiah says it is because we repeatedly act as if the love of God has a limit, as if the love of God has an end. If there's one error I've had to repeatedly correct after 10 years as your pastor, it's this. We think we can out-sin God's grace. We think God will change his mind about the gospel. Neither one of those statements is true, however. It's not because our sin doesn't matter, though. Quite the opposite. Our sin matters so much that God has taken it upon himself to answer the problem of our sin. God has permanently dealt with our sin himself in the death and resurrection of his son. Now, because of this, because of the completed work of Christ on the cross in your place, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Are you convicted of your sin today? Are you overwhelmed by suffering in your life today? Good news. God still loves you. God still cares for you. God still forgives you. If you go to bed feeling like a horrible, miserable sinner, the call is for you to repent. And as you wake up, still a horrible, miserable sinner like the rest of us, God's mercy is still there for you. God's grace has not gone away. Why is this the case? Because God is faithful. He's not like us. What God promises, He will do forever. Because God is not a person who changes His mind based on emotional whim and fancy. God has tied His entire identity to your redemption. If you placed your hope in yourself, in your performance, or in someone else, in their performance, you would end up at some point in time, and quite regularly, to be honest, disappointed. But in placing your hope in Jesus Christ and in what Jesus has done for you, you will never be disappointed. God is faithful. And he always, always, always delivers on what he promises. That's the first gospel assertion. The second one is this. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. Now I need to clear something up, lest I make myself out to be a hypocrite. I just mentioned that if you place your hope in Jesus Christ, you'll never be disappointed. 
But what if you are disappointed with God? What if you have been disappointed with God? It's a very real and very raw emotional state. But Jeremiah addresses in this second assertion the answer to those who have been disappointed with God or who are currently disappointed with God. And the question we need to ask ourselves in what Jeremiah says is why in the first place would anyone be disappointed with God? Generally speaking, this happens when God doesn't operate according to our own expectations or timing. How many of us here right now have experienced this exact situation? Maybe you've been praying for deliverance from some sort of situation. Maybe you've been praying for provision for a need that you or a loved one has. Many times you're praying to be relieved from the consequences of your own sinful decisions and actions. Even more often than all of that, you're praying for healing. Healing for yourself, healing for a loved one, even healing for a stranger that someone you know and love has asked you to pray for. But whatever the case might be, when God acts, or more often than not, when He fails to act in our perception of things, it's not what we were hoping for or expecting. Many times, it seems as if God has abandoned us or is ignoring us or even directly contradicting or punishing us. But this is only because we're only capable of seeing things from our perspective. And our perspective as humans is always temporal and is always tainted by sin. But God knows what He's doing and in that, it's important to know that God is inherently good. He is inherently kind and gracious and merciful. He tells us this repeatedly in His Word over and over and over again. But most importantly, the evidence of God's goodness and kindness and mercy is Jesus Christ. If God wanted to trap you in your sin, if He wanted to capriciously punish you for all of your failures, He definitely would not have sent you a Savior. Instead, He would have called you to account for your sins and demanded your own blood for them. But instead, He holds His Son accountable for your sins, and he accepts Jesus' blood as payment for them. We may not always get what we want when we want it from God, but that's not God's fault, and it's not because God isn't good. It's because quite often we're impatient with God's timing, even as we suffer. Jeremiah's confession for all of us today is that the Lord is good to those who wait for Him, to the soul who seeks Him. That's Jeremiah's second gospel assertion. The third and final one puts it all together for us this morning. 
The Lord will not cast off forever, but though He cause grief, He will have compassion according to the abundance of His steadfast love. For He does not afflict from His heart or grieve the children of men. Why would Jeremiah need to say that God will not cast off forever? Why would he need to mention the abundance of God's steadfast love? And why would he need to talk about the limits of affliction and grief for his children? Because, to be honest, and in fact, God does do these things from time to time. God does cast off. He does cause grief, or at least he allows it to happen. He permits his children to be afflicted. Now sometimes, but not always, But sometimes, this is because of the preaching and the effect of the law against our own sin. God's disgust over sin, our sin, is palpable. Our sin creates a separation between us and Him. This is the lived-out response of Adam and Eve in the garden. They first tried to hide from God after they sinned, and then ultimately God expelled them from the Garden of Eden altogether. Isaiah himself preaches about the separation our sin causes in Isaiah 59 verse 2. When it feels like God is angry with us about our sin, guess what? God is angry with us about our sin. That's a fact. But sometimes... Our grief and our affliction is not a direct result of our own sinfulness and foolishness. Sometimes it's a result of suffering from the sinfulness and foolishness in the world around us. Sometimes it's a result simply that we live in a broken and sinful world. What's so interesting about this is that no matter what the truth of the situation is, whether you are suffering because of your own sinfulness or because you're living in a sinful and fallen world, the answer is the same. Suffering is not permanent. Now, this is one of, the, one of the great truths of human nature. And it's something that I, as a pastor, still have not figured out how to minister through because it is true for my condition also. And here it is. Whatever situation you're in right now, you can't imagine life being anything other than that. If things are going well, if you feel you and God are like this right next to each other in lockstep with each other, you can't envision life going any other way. That's why Bible camp is so awesome. You go to camp, you have this great mountaintop experience, and you get home marching to the beat of a different drum, knowing that you yourself are going to evangelize the entire world by Tuesday, and everyone else will march in perfect step with God as well. Anyone ever experienced that? Every summer for me, every single time I went to Bible camp, And then Tuesday hits. Then you forgot to do your devotions. Or you went back to your old bad habits. Or whatever the case. 
But when you're on a spiritual high, you don't even see the valleys, and it's great. But where this shows up more often than not is when you're in a spiritual low. When you're suffering, or you're grieving, or whatever the case might be. And you might think to yourself, God has abandoned me. God hates me. How am I ever going to be freed from this mud pit? And you can't ever see beyond your own present circumstances. This is the case for you. There are two truths here. One, you're not alone. Everyone else in this room right now has experienced exactly what I'm talking about, for better and for worse. And two, your situation is not permanent. God will not cast off forever because He loves you. He cares for you. He cares about your suffering and He knows what you're going through. Once again, God's answer to your suffering is Jesus. And specifically, Jesus' suffering and death. As a sinner, God always meets the preaching of the law against your sin with the proclamation of the gospel. The law is never, ever intended to stop at smiting you and terrifying you. It's intended to bring about your repentance. And in repenting, God always forgives. He always relents. He always saves. He always delivers. There is right now no shame for you in admitting that you're a sinner and admitting your sin before God because Jesus' blood has already paid for that sin. God will not turn you away. But what's more is that God's answer to suffering in your life that you haven't caused, that you suffer at the hands of others or simply at the hands of a sinful world, his answer is still Jesus Christ and it is still the suffering and death of Jesus. In your suffering and death, know that Jesus also has suffered and died. And in Jesus' suffering, you will see God's compassion and care for you. God himself experienced human suffering and pain. He experienced suffering at the hands of others. The God of the universe knows exactly what you're going through right now. And the reality of the situation for you is that God still forgives and God still saves, but he also restores. He also comforts. He also promises an end to your suffering. It might be in this life. It might be just around the corner. It might be that God will walk with you step by step as you emerge from the valley and march towards the next mountaintop. But even if that should delay, the end to your suffering will definitely be an eternity. And your eternity is sealed and guaranteed by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. God will not change his mind about that.
Dear saints, God will not cast off forever. He is good. His steadfast love never ceases and His mercies never come to an end. And your call in all of this is to endure, to remain patient, and to hope in Him. God's call to you this morning is to trust who He's revealed Himself to be. He wants you to see Jesus as the seal of all His promises. And He wants us to stop right there. Because for those who are suffering and for those who are in despair, even that seems like an impossible task. And it only seems that way because it is. If you try by your own efforts and by the changing of your own attitudes, trusting in God is impossible. Waiting on God is impossible. Your sin and your enemies are always threatening to overwhelm you. But in this call to endure, in God's call to hope in Him, He has given you gifts. He has sent you His Holy Spirit. He has given you His Word. And He has applied it to you in His sacraments. And in these gifts, repeatedly given to you, over and over and over again, every Sunday and each and every time you open the Bible on your own, God will cause you to persevere. God will pour out on you His grace so that you can endure. The best part about it is all these gifts are free and they are available and they are yours because the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases and His mercies never come to an end. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.